Redhead is here. Good morning. It's Bonnie Mathias. <coughs> she meant to say Mathias. Thank you. Thank you. It's Bonnie Mathias. That man. Okay. And the Worker's Beat is always about everything from the point yes. of view of working families. Things that are coming up that are important. The Rockabilly Review is tonight. tonight at Sons of Herman Hall. The 32nd anniversary party for the Rockabilly Review, America's longest, strongest Rockabilly radio show starring Jimmy Dale Richardson live and direct from Oklahoma City. Fun Guys Records recording artists also appearing. The Drop Top Rockets playing legendary Rockabilly tracks. Live DJ sets from Mark A., the Suburban Savage, spinning all vinyl... Mixes free barbecue from Smokers Barbecue. Sons of Herman Hall in Dallas. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Bands start at 8 p.m. Tickets are at knon.org. And reserved seats are available. Other things that are coming up on the 17th. uh, That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. uh, At the uh, Unitarian Church in Hearst. Rosie Kurtz will be speaking for labor. On September the 19th is National Voter Registration Day, and everybody should be participating. Also September 19th, at 10 o'clock in the morning, airport service workers are going to rally at 4600 Highway 360 in Fort Worth. And uh, airport for service workers would appreciate it if you could turn out. September the 20th at 6 p.m., save the date for Dallas AFL-CIO part of the National AFL-CIO and United Auto Workers Day of Action. What day Sep- is that? Wait. That's uh, Wednesday, isn't it? September 20th? Yes. Okay, 6 p.m., more or less. All right. They haven't, they haven't made a plan yet. Okay. <laughs> September 21st, United, UN International Day for Peace. September 24th. 3.30 p.m. online contest to see who can do the best fund pitch for the young active labor leaders of DFW. So tune in for the contest. September 27th at 6 p.m. It's Better in a Union, How to Organize Your Workplace, presented by the AFL-CIO online. Cool. September 27th, 7.30 a.m. registration begins for the Dallas AFL-CIO, for the Texas AFL-CIO Golf Tournament. That's right. Crystal Falls Golf Course, 3400 Crystal Falls Parkway, Leander. And September 28th at 6 p.m., Dallas School Board meets at 5151 Samuel Boulevard. October the 4th at 12.30 p.m., the Dallas chapter of the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans meets at the AFT Hall. Call Judy, 214-729-0063. October the 10th is the last day to register to vote right. for the November 7th election. Got so it. get ready for another election, brothers yes. and sisters. And it's an important election, yes, too. Yes, it is. It? Yes, this it is. is the one where we, they're going to decide all kinds of stuff concerning education. Yes, but we have a caller, so we should probably take that call. Take it in. Good morning. Good. Thanks for calling KNON. Hello? Hey, my favorite piece. Bonnie, hey. Elizabeth from Arlington, Texas. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. I believe my first keep on for you guys, especially for you, for your allergies. I hope you get well soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just pulled up the air quality, and it's poor. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do when you're allergic to the atmosphere? <laughs> Don't breathe. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, that's it. Just don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> don't breathe. That's all I can say. Okay, two things I like to discuss about. Okay, the General Motors and the Ford during their strike, and why the Biden is so nosy rosy, and what does it mean for us for the economy? Wow, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's a, good a gene one. question. Let me tell you that one. I, I happen to be a member of the United Auto Workers. And uh, there are a number of really interesting things being developed by the United Auto Workers in their current struggle to get contracts with the three big uh, automotive manufacturers that are located in Detroit. That's Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. Stellantis is what's left over of Of Chrysler Chrysler. (laughs) because it's been bought by an Italian company. Uh, Fiat, and then it combined, I think, with a German company. So they're calling it Stellantis. But anyway, they're they're all three on strike. They uh, uh-huh. they've only picked one local for each one. And one of the interesting things about it that you've pointed out is that the auto workers union is withholding support from all politicians uh, 
unless they get on board with the strike. <laughs> and that includes the President of the United States. I'm digging Sean Fain. He uh, doesn't play any role of this. Well, he doesn't, other than being, he is the, the most labor-friendly president that we've had in a very long time. Almost all the others have already endorsed him. Yeah. In fact, they did it a couple of months ago. Yeah. It was a C record. C there was a president to endorse so early. Yep. But the auto worker right. said, no, no. You, we were waiting to see if you're on our side or not. That's right. And I don't blame them. I really don't. I mean. Me neither. I don't blame them either. So this means we're not going to get any parts or any cars from them? Or what's it going to be next? It, it probably means there'll be a slowdown in the production of the, of the, that kind of cars. Yeah. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think of it as a big crisis. And it's way down the road. This is going to be a long struggle, in my opinion. If somebody asked mm -hmm. my opinion, I would tell them, I think that they are both sides are getting ready for a long, long, long fight. But anyway, like you were smart to point that out, that it is very unusual for them to have this relationship with the President of the United States. Yep. Yep. Yeah, unusual. I just want to point that out. So, you know, but um, anyway, I love your opinions. You guys make me laugh every Saturday. A quick joke for you guys. Oh. Like black and white and red all over. I, uh, What's, okay, what is it? What's black and white and red all over? Okay, but I can't. I'm, I'm a not, newspaper. I'm of not going to guess. That's a newspaper. <laughs> it's a newspaper. Exactly. I'm I'm one of the old ones. I still get a newspaper every day. She does. And I read the newspaper cover to cover, cover almost every day. She saves part of it right for on, me. Sister. Right on. Once you get to feeling better, I'll make you, or give me your address, and I'll make you some of my homemade chicken and dumplings so, you can make, so I can make you feel better. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Well, Jay Mickey was welcome to ha uh, have some. Just give me your address, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, go up there next Saturday and make you some. I oh, mean, my gosh. What is our address? It is 13154. Five four Coit Road one three one five four Coit Road. Uh -huh. wait, wait, wonderful! I can't wait to give you a big old part of that. Oh my God! <laughs> we oh get God. here. We get here about ten fifteen minutes before nine. Yep. Yep. Well, I think okay. Bonnie gets here twenty. I get minutes. here about twenty minutes before and, nine. And Unless Reverend Barnett gets there first to start counting down. Oh. <laughs> well, hope, hopefully he'll be back in the saddle. I would by love then. to see uh, Reverend Barnett. Uh, mm -hmm. I know. That, uh, no, he's a yeah, yeah, and he's okay. uh, we're sending him our our thoughts and prayers, wanting him to get Wonderful. well. Thank okay, you so much. I look forward to every Saturday. I'll see you next Saturday. Thank bye you, bye. Elizabeth. You're the bye. best. Bye bye. Thanks so much. And we have another caller. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Can I win? <laughs> <clears throat> Hello? Yeah, yeah you're Good on morning. the air. I'm not, oh, okay. You're not real clear. You need to be as close to the phone as you can get and turn your radio off and stuff like that. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I was trying to give context to the UI uh, 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 track that's going on with uh, the car company. Remember, remember when the uh, company going on bankrupt and, and a lot of the music got uh, concessions. I mean, it took pay cuts and all those uh, uh, benefits that, that saved those companies. Yep. I think people forgot that part. Everybody forget that in 2008 uh, uh, that a lot of the workers took uh, pay cuts and, right. uh, and, and stuff that happened. And all they asked for, give me back what I gave you. And then you have the CEO come on TV talking about can't give you this. Wait a minute, you're making record profits. And we saved this industry by, by our, uh, our sweat and tears. And now you want to say, well, we got enough money. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. You're that is 100% correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the woman GM, the General Motors, President, mm -hmm. she made twenty nine million dollars last year. Right. Seriously, and they, also had, they also had a big stock buyback. Yes. So they they, they, all they got gave richer. away their money to the mm. stockholders instead of to mm. instead of helping their own employees. Yes, I think yeah. we have another call. Very good point, brother. They're just trying to get back to where they were before That's they right. made all those concessions. That's exactly. Good morning. Right. Thanks for calling K N O N. Thanks for waiting. 
Good to hear you, Gene. And Roddy, how you doing? Okay. This is Imani. Yep. How are you doing? You think the, do you think the auto workers are asking for too much? Well, uh, what we doing now, Gene? We are we are with a million people. We are doing a poll with a million people with Powernomics Corporation mm-hmm. as a think tank, and we are trying to. Uh, uh, I'm getting to. We're trying to find out why the, the younger people won't vote. And in the poll, I'll tell you the poll next week. But uh, we need to ask them why they don't. I think that'll explain. Well, we need to put boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. But uh, the auto workers thing, I, I, unless, unless I was in Detroit, uh, they, Detroit is, you, if you've been through, it looks like a war zone. Not anymore, mm-hmm. by the way. So it, if you haven't did. been in yeah. the last couple of years, it's changed yeah. quite some, quite a lot. The population has changed drastically. Uh, the people that used to live there don't own it. It's mostly people... People come immigrants that control it now. So it's looking better, just like South Dallas. But what I, I think this is going to be a long stretch. It's a, I think it's a voters thing. I think uh, uh, I, I believe uh, the president is good for the vote for the for the union, but for our community, he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not. 1994 killed us. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure, but I think it's like Gene. I'm, it's going to go on for a while until after election. But I'm fighting that. Uh, if we don't watch it in America, we don't have a civil war before that. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, that we are moving toward a very scary position in the United States, and that's because of the threat to shut the government down on October the 1st. So that's we're right. not talking about 10 years from now. We're talking no, we're about talking about two, two weeks. weeks from now. <laughs> two that's weeks right. from now. We have the auto <laughs> workers struggling, and we have SAG-AFTRA, and we have the writers' strike. So we already have a lot of Americans on the street are ready to hit the street. And then suddenly somebody says, I think we'll just shut the government down. And I read an editorial in the Washington Post yesterday that said flatly, these guys want to shut the government down. They're not just kidding. They're not just bluffing. They actually want to see the government shut down. That's that's the way the fascists get in. That's your buddies. That's just, your buddies there in Washington. Ted Cruz, uh, who's up for re-election this year or this next year, by the way. Uh, and he is he. Well, uh, if you listen to uh, the, the commentary from uh, Hightower, he said it all. Yeah, he's right. Oh, now Jim Hightower makes it very funny. But it ain't funny. No, it's not. The truth not. is, it's very, very scary. A CNN poll has already shown, they've already no, asked no. how people feel about the UAW strike, and here's how it came out. 75% of the people of America support the auto workers' union. Only 19% are in favor of the corporations, and 2% were undecided. That's what CNN found out with their poll. Uh, also, the <laughs> AFL-CIO has made a very, very nice statement committing the entire labor movement to helping the auto workers win their struggle. Absolutely. And this statement came from the head of the retirees movement, which I'm part of. Uh, President Robert Roach of the Alliance for Retired Americans says, and I quote, the 4.4 million retiree Americans of the Alliance for Retired Americans stand shoulder to shoulder with the United Auto Workers' fight to secure better wages and retirement security for their working members and retirees. So don't forget, they're not just fighting for the people working on those assembly lines. That's they right. are also fighting for the retirees, and that's a very good thing. Our telephone number here, if you want to get your two bits in, is 972-647-1893. Can I read this other? This is a uh, statement from the head of the AFL-CO. She is the president of the labor movement in America, and she says, quote, our message to the UAW members who are bravely striking to strengthen America for all of us is simple. We've got your backs, and we'll stand with you however long it takes to win a fair contract that recognizes your value. That's Liz Schuler, the president, National AFL-CIO. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the unusual aspects of this strike. First of all, the UAW hasn't struck all three auto companies at the same time since the 1940s. Wow. They always just do one of them. Everybody was going, well, which one will they pick this year? Well, they picked all three of them. Well, they finally got all their contracts to align. 
Well, no, they had them. They had them aligned for a while. But uh, they it used to just strike one and try to get the other two to fall in line. Right. Anyway, they they struck all three of them, so that's unusual. Another thing that they've done is they're they're calling this a stand up strike. They just they're saying that this is a brand new way of doing it. They're saying it's not exactly the same thing as a rolling strike, which I recommended last week. A rolling strike would have meant that they would have started a strike in one local, then moved to another one, then moved to another one. In this one, they say we put a we put one union, we put one factory on strike, and they're going to stay out. And then if we put another one on strike, they're going to stay out until we get a contract. So it's not the same thing as a rolling strike, but it's very similar in that they are not striking every plant. For example, the plant at General Motors did not go on strike, but I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, they were ready. The retirees were already ready to take the first shift over there. I talked to the president of the retirees, Lonnie Morgan. He was at the plant. Wait, he was at the union hall waiting uh, until Sean Fain, the president of the union, made the announcement on who was going on strike and who wasn't. And uh, Lonnie was was taking his retirees out to take the first shift for uh, <laughs> for the picketing. And not only that, but the president of the AFL CIO in Dallas which is me, was also standing by to get uh, the rest of the labor movement on board to get uh, everybody out there to pick it. So we were ready. Anyway, they're only striking certain plants. And within those plants, they're not necessarily striking the entire plant. They're striking maybe one unit. In one place, it's the paint shop. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. Back on the workers' beat. This is Bonnie Mathias and Gene Lance. Good I was in the middle of explaining why it's important that the auto workers in some factories are not striking the whole factory. Right. Like in one of the automobile uh, assembly plants, they just shut down two units. One was what they call final finish, I think, and the other one was called the paint shop. Well, that kind well, of if the paint shop is closed, then there ain't going to be no cars coming out of that assembly line, and and there ain't going to be no cars going to the final finish. But but the uh, in other words, a lot of those workers in those plants were not told to go on strike. Just if the paint shop went on strike, though. The rest of them are going to get laid off, aren't they? And if yeah. they get laid off, they can get unemployment. Except so, in Texas. It, it, well, right. Texas is the exception. Texas yes. has a special rule <laughs> that you cannot get unemployment if you're unemployed because somebody else is on strike. Yeah. Uh, but Texas has a lot of special rules. Boy, did don't you, they did just. Did you see the list that was in the Dallas Morning News? They're showing how we came in last on uh, insurance and a whole yeah. bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Anyway, this is a very unique uh, strike. Another thing, and this is one I completely applaud them for, and I don't know how far this is going to go, but one of the demands of the union is for a 32-hour work week with no cut in pay. That would mean that they would have more people working and they would be working fewer hours for the same, but they would still get the same amount of money. So what that does is that is the only plausible answer to artificial intelligence and automation in general. However, the union movement seems to have forgotten that that old 32-hour workweek thing was very popular back in the 30s and 40s and seemed to have gotten forgotten in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, up until now, and they have revived the idea of cutting working hours to as a response to a rise in production, which is... When you think about it, the only way to deal with the way automation takes our jobs. If you want to keep the same number of people in the plant, then you have to cut their hours. That's right. And keep their pay high. So that's been brought up again, and I certainly want to commend the leadership of the United Auto Workers, my leadership, because that's my union. I know. I'm so proud of them for bringing that up again. I love his name. Sean Fain. Sean Fain. Yes. Well, what about it? Well, wasn't that the name of the, the, it was spelled differently. Oh, for the Irish for the Rebellion. the Irish Rebellion. Sin Fine. Right, Sin right. Fine. <laughs> I was like, and a lot of people say it was Sean Fain, Sean Fain uh-huh. or whatever, but it's not. It was spelled <laughs> And I was like, 
Wow, that's really a cool name. I think Sinn Féin was the name of their political party. Yes, yes. The Irish Revolutionaries. Yes. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. (laughs) Well, he's been, uh, and another thing, this is very unusual. The Auto Workers Union, as long as I've been around it, and I've been a a member since uh, back in the 70s. Uh, In fact, twice I was a member in the 1970s. And they have always been very, very secretive about their negotiations. They don't tell nobody nothing. They just tell you when they want you to put their put your money out for something that they want you to give them money for, right. and when they want you to go on strike, they expect you to just jump <laughs> jump when they yell frog. And they have never shared any information with the public, and not even with their members. About believe me, they didn't tell nobody nothing in everything that they did. Now this guy Sean Fain is on the radio or, or television every day. It's telling exactly what happened, exactly where they are, exactly what they're going to do about it. That's incredible. It is incredible because the media is actually paying attention, which is absolutely fabulous that they are paying attention. uh, and, And they're letting the man speak. Uh, you know, it's to me, it's what democracy is all about. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes our our union can be painfully democratic. Mm-hmm. And I just love that he's out there telling folks, look, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We want to hurt them. And, and now they've got that little bio out there of the General Motors woman. Yeah, they're not doing too well with their publicity rep campaign, and that's here's the reason because they they have to lie. They don't have anything <laughs> good right. to say. That's here's right. what here's the the actual facts. I got this from the Economic Policy Institute. Profits at the three Detroit automakers skyrocketed ninety two percent from twenty thirteen <laughs> to twenty twenty two, totaling two hundred and fifty billion dollars. Forecast for twenty twenty three expect more than. 32 billion, that's billion with a B, in additional profits. By contrast, auto workers' concessions made following the 2008 industry crisis were never reinstated. See? They made all of those concessions. All they're trying to do now is get Just back. Just get back to where they were. That's that's right. Uh, this, this is not this is not like they're greedy and selfish. And this is the same thing that the the pilots did. To American Airlines. Mm-hmm. They made concessions the, in they, 2007, that's 2008. Right. They made all those concessions, and when, when their contract came up, it's like, okay, you guys mm-hmm. are doing great now. Can you go ahead and give us back our money and our travel benefits and all the stuff that you took away? And, of course, American Airlines was like, well, well we can't do that. But they did. Yeah. <laughs> they sure did. We are facing a tremendous crisis, and I hope everybody's supporting the SAG-AFTRA strike. We don't want to lose sight of them just because what the auto workers is doing is so very, very, very interesting and setting so many precedents. SAG-AFTRA is just on strike. Plain, old, everyday biscuits and gravy strike. And they need help, and they need our support every chance we get. The rally. We had a nice rally last last Saturday. Excellent. I was very proud, especially of the uh, especially of the old people and the young people. Yeah. The old people showed up, and we were there, even though we're not SAG AFTRA, <laughs> but uh, the gray hairs and the bald heads. We're there supporting That's everybody, right. but much more than that was y'all, Young Active Labor Leaders, oh which is associated with the AF of LCO, but they're their own organization. They have their own leadership, and they had they had the biggest contingent of supporters. Of course, the most people were there were, were actors. Were actors and Sag actresses after. and writers. There was a few writers, yeah. Right, because a lot of, some of the, you know, it's a, some of the things that they're talking about is, you know, the, the way that AI, mm-hmm. uh, the studios, want to use uh, artificial intelligence. Everybody has got to deal with artificial intelligence yep. because I learned one thing from a friend of mine named Dylan Camarena. 
He said the first thing you have to remember about AI and artificial intelligence and automation in general is that it's coming whether you like it or not. So what are you going to do about it? And the auto workers have the answer. The answer is to cut working hours. Say, okay, bring in your new innovations. Bring mm-hmm. in your artificial mm-hmm. intelligence. And if it if it cuts, if it doubles our output, fine. That suits me just fine. I'll take half of my working hours now and take the same pay because you're That's still right. making the same amount of wealth, the same amount of riches. Exactly. I just want my same share exactly. that I had before, and I ain't coming to work but half of the time. Yeah. And that's the way it ought to be. Of course. Nobody has, nobody has raised that in the labor movement until the auto workers did it just Last night, and I'm or Thursday night. It makes me so happy because, you know, production has continued to increase all over the time. years. All yeah. this time, we make four times the stuff that we were making at the end of World War II. But we're not making four times the money, and we ain't, and we're, and we're working more hours. Exactly. Exactly. Back in those days, they enforced the forty-hour work week more than they do now. Well, tell us what you think. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Here's what I think is, is uh, seriously, seriously going to happen or very, very likely to happen. Here's what the fascists want to do. They want to exonerate criminals in government, such as uh, the Supreme Court and the, the Attorney General of Texas and the former President of the United States. They want to exonerate them. They want to starve the schools. They want to institutionalize racism. They institutionalize sexism and institutionalize homophobia. They want to kick out the Speaker of the House, impeach the president, overturn the election process and cut down on democracy, cut taxes for the rich, and shut the government down on October the 1st. Oh, is that all? That's my little short list of terrible things that we are facing. 972-647-1893. If you have your own opinion, you can... Put it on K-N-O-N. Bonnie wants to hear it. I just got a a message from one of our listeners, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. They are off to attend Chris Turner's town hall, which starts at 10 o'clock at the Arlington Airport. But before they go to that, they're going to make the 30-mile trek to the latest Starbucks location to unionize, and that is at 2425 Valley View Lane at I-35 in Farmer's Branch. They have they have just 17 applied out for of the an election, 18. haven't they? Yeah, uh, actually, 17 out of the 18 employees signed up to unionize, mm-hmm. uh, and patrons are asked to stop by there, uh, place their orders under the name of Union Yes. I wouldn't be a bit surprised with what Rosie Kurtz will be right there with them she might from be. the y'all group. Because I know she was with them on the night that they announced that they were That's going awesome. to get ready, that they were getting ready for an election. Uh, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth has one of the highest levels of organizing for Starbucks in the nation. And uh, I think it is definitely the highest in Texas. I think we have seven already organized, and it's still underway. And you know who's working on that? Arash Farasat. Yeah. He works on it pretty much full-time because he's he's in between jobs right now. Oh, good. uh, He's an incredible organizer. Oh, my God. He's a full-time organizer, professional organizer. And he's, he's throwing himself in there. He's also vice president of state, y'all, why, uh, Young Active Labor Leaders. That's yes. Y-A-L-L. Yes. And uh, they are throwing themselves into it. Every time the Starbucks workers need a little help, you can count on y'all and their strong group Makes of young labor people. They're not all union members. I call them labor people because they're workers. That's right. Almost everybody is a worker. Well, yeah, that's what we talked about. You know, I don't care if you're in a union. You, I mean, I hope you are, but you're still part of labor. If you wake, if you make a paycheck, if you make you're a, a paycheck, if somebody's paying you, well, even if you're self-employed, you're still a worker. Mm-hmm. You're you may be working for yourself, but uh, you know those folks, those folks, the gig economy, as they call mm-hmm. it, uh, it's crazy. They crazy. have seven stores in our region organized wow. and over 350 nationwide. That includes yeah. the Mockingbird Station, where the corporate management brazenly threw our people out. Oh, yeah. This on, Was that Thursday? Uh, on Thursday when they yes. had their National Day of Solidarity. I got there about 9 or about 8.30, and I was like, wow. 
Well, I saw the they two. They already kicked them out? Oh, yeah. The two gray-haired uh, security guards who I've seen a million times, uh, they were standing on the corner and eyeing me as I got out of my car. <laughs> they, you know, you, I had a, they probably have a picture of you probably, on their dashboard. I, yeah, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> of course, I had on my... North Texas Civil Rights shirt. Mockingbird, Red. <laughs> Mockingbird Station was one where the retirees also showed up. But we didn't really have the forces that uh, y'all is mobilizing. Did you guys, they're were getting, you? They're getting 30 or 40, whereas we're getting uh, five or 10. Were you with the group that got thrown out? <laughs> no, I was at the doctor's office. Oh, that okay. Well, my, my, uh, the executive director of the party was there, and uh, he got he was asked to leave. That's Chris Leal. So. Very good looking guy. Oh, he really he's dresses handsome. up. He dresses up those pictures. And did, did you know that Chris Leal, the executive director of the Democratic Party, is a member of y'all? I know. Isn't that the coolest? Yeah, I think I it's love wonderful. It. And I do believe that the chair is too. Is that a fact? Cardinal Coleman? Yeah. Yeah, and Jasmine Flores, she's our our uh, vice chair. That's the young, active labor leaders is a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely, that's so. why I'm trying to help them. It's why I'm standing with them, even though I don't quite make the uh, age limit. They try not to take people under that are that are over forty, and I'm a little bit over forty. A little nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. But I believe in getting behind them. I was, Found something I wanted to read here, and then then I lost tra- track of it. Oh, people want to know why you should get in, why you should get in into these fights. I want to know. I want you to know what UPS got by mounting a credible strike threat. The contract campaign made UPS deliver wage increases. This is for the Teamsters. That's right. Wage increases of seven dollars and fifty cents for all workers. They eliminated the two-tier pay for workers. In other words, they don't have some people making a little bit working besides some people that are making a lot. Yep. They increased the part-time starting wages from $15.50 up to $23. They converted 15,000 part-time jobs into 7,500 new full-time jobs. They're going to install air conditioning in vehicle, delivery vehicles, new delivery vehicles. They established the MLK Day as a paid holiday. They eliminated the driver-facing surveillance cameras. They ended six- and seven-day forced work weeks and more. The contract was approved by a supermajority of 86.3% with a record 58% of the members voting. You know, All of that came from Texas for Democracy in the Union, which was the insurgent group that backed the leadership right. that took over the Teamsters in the, in the last year. Yes, and hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I just... Uh, what a great thing that look, they accomplished! And look, look at look look at what labor is doing all over the country. Mm-hmm. People are finally realizing: yes, indeed, we are stronger together. Yeah, and it's not just union people. No, it's, no, it's a lot of people. I wrote a letter to the editor, which was published a couple of days I ago. I saw that. Congratulations! It, it just pointed out that the big news is not that the certain people are on strike. They were forced on strike. That's right. The big news is that everybody else is out there supporting them. That's right. People exactly. like me and Bonnie who who are not in any of those unions. Of course, I'm now I'm in the auto workers, so I'm now one of the in one of the striking there you unions. Go. Right. But your union, the communication workers, is carrying the fight about the government shutdown. That's right. They That's had right. a great national meeting with Claude Cummings, the new international president, who is from Texas, yes, I might he like is. to He's add. from Houston. And he he held a national meeting to, uh, to get people to understand that this government shutdown is coming. Yeah. The breath of fascism is on your necks. If you feel something funny going down your collar, it's the stinking breath of fascism in America. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. Monday. Oh, I hate Blue Monday. Monday. Got to work like a slave all day. We ought to let Fast Domino sing that. Someday. Oh, he'd be all right. If he oh was God. around, I'm sure he would get us 
good for Mr. Nah, he'd song. probably be really happy somebody's still playing it. But it is such a beautiful song. 972-647-1893. I have been very excited we about the, the, the auto worker strike. What do you think? Good morning. Thanks for calling KNON. Hello. You on the air? Uh, Gene. Yeah. Can you repeat those statistics about how much profit uh, these uh, automakers made uh, that were really startling, alarming, and yeah? <laughs> and this didn't come from the auto workers. This came from the Economic Policy Institute. That's an hmm. economist group. Right. You want to hear that? Ninety-two yeah. percent. The automakers' profits skyrocketed 92% from 2013 to 2022, totaling $250 Forecasts for 2023 Jesus. expect more than $32 billion in additional profits. By contrast, auto workers' concessions made following the 2008 auto industry crisis were never reinstated. That's a fact. Right. Thanks right. for asking. So, yeah, well, so, I mean... The people that are producing the cars want a fair share of the profit. Yeah, and that sounds fair, doesn't it? They want the share they used to have. They want right, and mm -hmm. then and then why why does the the, the bosses, the, the presidents, the corporate CEOs, or whatever you call them, why do they have to have a, a forty million dollar bonus instead of a million dollar bonus? Mm -hmm. Isn't a million dollars a lot of money? Ain't that enough? It'd be a lot of money for you and me, I guess, but if you make $29 million already a year, you know, just as your salary, a little old bitty $1 million bonus wouldn't mean much, would it? Yeah. Oh, they only, oh, they already make $29 million. Yes, yeah, yes, it's, it's, yes. They all make in that range. Yeah. 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 So why do they need a bonus when the worker mm -hmm. who's trying to, you know, defeat inflation, which... You know, from my perspective, that's price gouging. Yep. Why mm -hmm. can't they get their money and, and, and have a decent wage as opposed to you getting more money? You are, I, I, I mean, that's the problem mm -hmm. with inequality. That's the problem with this. That's a fundamental flaw in the way this economic system is working in this country. That, well, is, that is a very intelligent yep. insight. I'm sure glad you pointed that out. Well, just say that one last sentence again there inequality. It's a fundamental flaw in this, uh, uh, what, what's the word for the economy? Uh, free enterprise, uh, whatever else you want to call it, economy. Yeah. It's a flaw. It's yeah. the fundamental it's flaw. That's in other words, the money always piles up with the rich, and the poor people get less it's and less. <laughs> it, that's the way the system works. Yep, that's The it. only right. way to change it is to organize and fight. That's right. And I think that's what we're doing now. We sure are. I think so. Is somebody waiting <laughs> online there? No, that's Leon. Okay. He's right here. Yep. All right. Well, go ahead then. Yeah, see, because this inequality causes problems down here on our level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Poverty. It creates poverty. That's right. Mm -hmm. And by the way, did you know did You know, Dallas heads up the, the poverty list for Texas? Texas is, is one of the worst states, and Dallas is one of the worst cities oh, in Texas. Oh, God. Oh. For inequality. In, income inequality is the highest here in Dallas out of oh. the whole damn state. That's and just, that's so pitiful. This poverty uh, drives crime. Yep. When people don't have any money, they get desperate, they do irrational things, they're going to break in your store, and they're going to everything you got because uh -huh. they can't go out and get a job paying a living wage in an inflation-driven economy. Right. And, and, you very know, smart of you to point that out, and I appreciate it. You're very smart, Leon. You're the best. You know. <laughs> now and, I see. We now I see. We do have somebody waiting. Okay. Yeah. Thank are, you, are Leon. You done, Leon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for calling KNON. Thanks for waiting. Hello. Are you there? You're on Hello. the air. Hello. Yes, I have, I have a question. Uh -huh. My question is concerned the UAW and the media's packaging of it. Could you explain or elaborate on what they're portraying is that they're asking to be paid for, they're asking to work a 32-hour week and be paid for 40. Now, you uh -huh. understand the optics of and how that looks in the media, 
Could you elaborate on that or tell the further details or uh, go into the further details of that or give us the uh, just the specifics of it? The specifics of the 32-hour work week, how that would work? Is that what you're curious about? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you something. I heard you. You know, <laughs> the funny thing is that I'm in the Auto Workers Union. And when they uh, when right. they uh, announced that there was 150,000 auto workers at those, at those three employers, I was shocked because I thought there was 400,000 of them. That's how much automation has taken away their jobs. Yeah. They're still putting out the same number of cars. They're still making record profits, but they have automated all those plants. You used to have welders. You know what a welder looked like? It had those real thick aprons mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. had the big mask on, looked like a robot, you know, and then would do all that welding. They don't do that anymore. Nope. They got they got robot welders. They just put the car up to the welding thing, and it, and it welds them as they go through the line. And automation eats away our jobs. Now, what are we going to do about it? There is nothing you can do about it, because it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing that makes our society more productive. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to actually stop it. What we want to do is share in it, and how do we share in it? Except by cutting our working hours and keeping the same amount of pay. That was very clear and understood in the 1930s and 1940s. They understood that the only way to fight back against automation is to cut your working hours and keep your pay. So the auto workers of today have revived that idea. So they're talking about a 32-hour work week with 40 hours pay. And that's without changing the law. They would just that's be right. they would just be getting that in their contract. But if you really if you're really serious about this, what we really have to do is change the law. We really need to change the law. And if you look back through labor history from the time of the Egyptians to, the, to today, the fight has always been about working hours. Because yeah. they used to work us all day and all night, didn't they? And when they had the slaves, they didn't let them sit around uh, you know, saying, you come in at 9 or 9.30, it'll be fine. They didn't say anything like that. They said, boy, if that sun comes up, you better be out in the field. And, and when that sun goes down, that's the only time you're going to get to leave. So it was can't see to can't see. And that's the way it was when they started the factories, too. 14-hour working days, even if you were only eight years old and you were working in a factory, 14-hour working days. The fight has always been to lower the working hours. But somehow, the unions in the 1950s lost sight of that forgot about it, quit talking about it. I know this because I actually went to the Wayne State University and looked at the re, uh, the reports from the union uh, uh, con conventions in my union up to 1957, from, from the time it was started, 1935, up to 1957. Every time they always had a resolution of 30 hours work for 40 hours pay. Every time, until 1957. And then after 1957, they just forgot about it. They didn't ask for a cut in working hours again until 2023 last week. And this is a gigantic change in what labor is demanding, and it is the exact right thing to do, because otherwise automation is just going to put us all out on the street. Yep. Well, they're going to take all of our jobs, let the machines do everything, and they're going to take all the profits. We're going to just be put out into poverty. Does that does that understand? You understand it now? Yes, I, Good. I do. But as the as the general populace, I, I get it. Uh -huh. hey, you you understand? The general populace doesn't have the specifics of that, and what it seems as if is if you are asking for something. Your explanation makes perfect sense. I would be I would be really surprised if they get it in their contract. I would be yeah. really surprised if they right. actually get that in their contract. I'd love to see them do it, but it really has to be legislation. We need it for everybody. Yeah, realistically, it. I mean, it's a great, great idea. It's mm -hmm. but like Gene says, it would have to be legislated, and we, that would mean that we have to have a working Congress. So that would mean that if more people vote uh -huh. and we get a working Congress, we could actually have nice things again. Well, I, <laughs> when, when the auto workers raised this, 
I think the voters are going to look at that, and they're going to be just like you. They're going to say, now explain that to me because we need to understand what to do about automation. And particularly, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence. It's the number one issue for the writer's strike, and it's a very, very big issue for the actor's strike, SAG-AFTRA. And, of course, it's a big issue for the auto workers, too. But only the auto workers have come up with a solution. They're the only ones that, have, that are pointing us toward what actually we can do about artificial intelligence and automation in general. Actually, we're behind the times on oh, working yeah. hours because I believe it was France a few years, it was some years back. Oh, yeah. threatened to go to like 36-hour work week and the folks start, start, start protesting in the streets. Yeah. And they backed off of it. We're behind the curve on that work hour week. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. They were totally. getting they were getting five hour five weeks of vacation when we were still getting one week. Yeah. And uh and they were cutting working hours in Germany and in France long, long, long before the Americans ever even thought about it. And uh they also have uh, like one year of maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And some of them, I think paternity, it's in France, yes. they even have paternity yeah, leave. In Scandin- the father gets off work. The for, Scandinavian for, countries, that's the norm and has been for decades. Yeah, so they get time off in other places that the Americans can only dream of. They want you to, and here in America, they want you to work yourself to death. Yeah, that's why the, the full retirement age is 70 before you can really get 100% of your social security benefits. Mm-hmm. And they told the uh, they told the uh, the French they told the French they were going to raise the retirement age and they went out and started burning cars right? and burning tires out on the street. <laughs> what do you mean raise the retirement age? You're going to you want to make us work till we're 64? Good <laughs> lord, that's inhuman. And here in America they're talking about making us work till we're 72 before we get any uh, yeah. any social security. Thank you so well, much. That, yes, thank sir. Thank you. Thank you. So you can look at the whole history and, and of labor. Spread that word, man. And I appreciate you calling and asking and, and getting the clarification. And everybody that's out there listening, if somebody says, well, what do you mean they want to do that? Explain it to them. Yeah. I, I Think about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. There's, you know, we have a lot more in common with each other than we do uh, differences. Yeah. I promise you. You don't have to have a degree in history to learn <laughs> that, that one way of looking at the whole struggle of labor has been about working hours. It's always been yeah. about working hours. Those Egyptians that built those pyramids, they would have loved to have got a 15-minute break, oh, wouldn't they? Yeah, and well, they didn't get yeah. a break. And in, oh. fact, and in fact, speaking of breaks, the Texas legislature's making uh, everybody in Texas, construction workers, no matter how hot it gets, yep. be 110, and you get no break, nope. according to the Texas legislature, because right. they're saying, well, that wouldn't be business friendly. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, so we're just going to kill the workers. Yeah. Uh, you know, that way it's easier. I, I don't get it. Hot I bet a bunch of those Egyptians building those pyramids, I bet a bunch of them just fell over to the side and died. They did, and they buried them mm, right yeah. there. They just pushed them off and buried and them. And they had that sand, so they could just dig yeah. it up with their hands and yeah, throw it over. Oh, we have always been workers. We built the pyramids. Mm-hmm. We built everything else. And the bosses have always tried to work us as long yeah. as they possibly can, even if it kills us. And, and that's what they're that's, that's what they're trying to do today. Yep. And kudos to the auto workers yep. for raising the solution. Now I don't Man. necessarily believe that they will get that in their contract or even that it will even work in their contract. Because it's not a contractual thing. Right. It needs to happen in the whole United States, as it did in 1886 in the in the United States and in the whole world. People went on strike in 1886 to get shorter working hours. And it and worked. It, no, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't. No, work. they took us out and hanged us. Oh, the well, leaders. There you go. The leaders okay. of that struggle were in Chicago, Illinois, and they were taken out and hanged. And the, and the whole idea of shortening working hours was pushed back. Yeah. We finally got a victory 
uh, because of the Great Recession and also because the Soviet Union was breathing down their necks. And in 1938, they passed the Fair Labor Standards Act, which said that if you're going to work your workers more than 40 hours in a week, you, you have to give them overtime. And the bosses said, oh, no, no, no. Oh, my oh, God, no, that's no. going to kill us. That's going to bankrupt oh, us. That's all. Oh, you're going to push us into the ocean. Good morning. Thanks for calling KNON. Oh, yes, is this KNON? Yes. Uh, I'd like to uh, interject something. Uh, Y'all are talking about the automobile industry. Uh-huh. Uh, I have patented for over eight years a door opener, a door guide, that uh, whenever you open the door and you let go of that latch, and uh, you as a passenger are the only one that can open it and close it. And uh, I've, I've had a patent to have the, the world's only working prototype. They don't have to put a penny in the manufacturer. And basically they told me, you're too old, you're a minority, and you haven't bribed it. Uh-huh. So I, I would like that known. That, I see. Uh, to get anything done in the automobile industry, you have to pay them. Well, to yeah. get anything done, you have to pay them. Hmm. So that means maybe they should that pay the like workers corruption. so that we could get something done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you for bringing us bringing that, our attention to that. Yes, sir. Appreciate thank it. you. Well, uh, the, the, the my patent is called Dory's, and if you look it up, it will uh, retrofit one billion two hundred million vehicles on the road today. Mm -hmm. They mandated the airbags to what they're good for a wreck. Minus for every minute, second, hour, world, week, month, year. And they basically told me, well, how much you going to pay us to put that in the car? I see what you mean. Okay, thanks so right. much. Thank I you. I want to get one last thing in. Incomes for whites in Dallas County rose to $90,270, while blacks made 51176 Wait a minute. But Black people in Dallas County made $5,000 less than other black people across Texas. Hmm. This is all from the Dallas Morning News. Yes, that liberal Texas rag. households are paying more than 50% of their income on rent. This can't last, brothers and sisters. Nope. Mobilize. Nope. Get together. Organize. Get, join y'all if you're under 40. That's if you're right. over 40, join the Texas Alliance for Retired Americans. You don't have to be a union member. No. And, and let's great. get together and fight because... They're coming after us. They are coming after us, and it's going to really show on October the 1st. And Bonnie's going to tell you to vote, right, Bonnie? Yes, that's the way we get out of this. Register, educate, and vote, vote, vote. Registration is on right now. Right don't now. Don't get your mail ballot now. Okay. Is it time for us to go? I yeah, don't bye, know. You got 20 seconds. <laughs> you, you, you almost blew the mic out there, Gene. You are fired up today. <laughs> I love it there. Hey, good night, Bonnie. You, 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 you can say you can take goodbye there. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, there we go. Goodbye, Gene. Goodbye. <laughs>